0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا عاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وصلوات الله وسلامه على الشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأن تجعل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم رحمة الله وبركاته جزاكم الله خير um for attending this is the uh, new chapter alhamdulillah and it's a nice chapter it's a very interesting chapter as well um i hope that last week's uh, session went okay uh, it was a bit obviously a bit different with the video and so on but um, um i hope that all the, the questions were answered and i will be venturing gingerly cautiously onto the forums and seeing any yani, if there's any kind of uh you know any mess to clear up, but I think I'm pretty sure that everything is pretty much under control. So this is, the, uh, this is a chapter. It's interesting because I personally think that <laughs> for, those who are, for those who are employed, not the unemployed, for those who are working people, this is the most important chapter of their entire lives. Okay? <laughs> and, and actually, uh, this chapter for what is concerning for an ancient time, has taken on a whole next level connotation in our modern times. The time of travel, the time of uh, pressure, the time of being a minority as opposed to a majority, living with non Muslims, and, and so on and so forth. I mean, frankly, as I mentioned to you guys over the last couple of weeks, months, uh, uh, the back home in the kind of the Muslim kind of countries, they're all generally hot countries. You'd have to be insane to be wiping over anything, okay? Actually, it's, that, it's the great moment that you go to make wudu and you wash your feet. You cool everything down, you know what I'm saying? And as I said, that by the time that you finished washing your feet and you walk to your chapel, your feet are dry anyway, right? Um, so this is a very much... Um, but of course, that wasn't the weather all the time. It used to get cold. It used to be an issue of hassle. And so wiping over socks and, and their like... Um, and we're going to talk a lot about this. There's so much... This, it's a beautiful chapter. It's very, very interesting. A lot of fiqh, a lot of controversy, a lot of differences to discuss from the early times um, and a lot of controversy in the modern times because of people's fear of applying it, because people are not sure whether it's legislated, whether it should be used or whether it should only be used in certain times and so on. There's so much issues around it. And as I said, for us it's essential as a modern minority living in the West because whether you're studying or whether you're working, I mean studying is probably even more relevant, especially as we're trying to push Islam so much more into our youth okay, and we're trying to make sure that people now go into secondary school practicing, I guess 10, 20 years ago, we were happy to find someone come out of school practicing or try to get them practicing before university. Then 10 years ago, there was a kind of like a, uh, a, an effort on the colleges yeah, before university. And now, and correctly so, over the last 5, 10 years, has been a real pressure to make sure that children go into secondary school practicing. And actually... Now, the, the current kind of focus is on young children. And that's why we have the rise of Islamic education, Islamic schools, homeschooling, because people are saying, right, you know what it is, we need to get these kids early and get their minds yeah, on the right early. And so it's very interesting that if you want your child to survive in a modern day kind of scenario, practically praying in a very difficult scenario, because as children, they're not able to, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year old, justify Uh, going against teachers' decisions and so on, missing lessons and the like. They need every rukhsah possible. They need every concession that we can find for them. And I'm talking ones like um, the the combining, for example, of Zuhar and Asr, for example, for children who are, it's impossible for them in wintertime to come out of a lesson for Asr. Okay? Asr is only there for like an hour and a half or whatever, starting very early. They've got their lunch break for half an hour. It's not like a paid employee who gets an hour lunch and, uh, you know, these children don't have the right and you cause big uh, trouble. And, of course, we're in a time where private companies can deal with religious yani, uh, uh, practice easily. Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're happy, they're confident, they know you're sensible, they know you'll make it up, they know they've got legislation to live by. Whereas teachers and the education system is very, very edgy at the moment about uh, proselytization, evangelization, And all this kind of dawah efforts by any movement in school, by any people. And, uh, you know, the issues that are culturally linked, such as grooming, for example. uh, Such as all the kind of things that are bad, like drugs and such as... um, You remember recently, BMP, was it BMP or was it DDL? I think BMP. They had a campaign uh, for their election, local elections. And they were leading their campaign on an anti-Islam ticket, which is nothing new, that's fine, okay, that's their standard. But this was a very interesting anti-Islam ticket. They they, they put uh, leaflets into all the houses um, in the area that they were trying for councillor or member of parliament, I can't remember now. Um, and they had a picture of a young girl on it who had died of a drug overdose. Remember that? You don't remember that from last year? Okay, last year or two years ago. I mean, it was massive news. Uh, actually, subhanAllah, look at the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa Taala. it became massive news for the for the, for the not so obvious reason. You would have thought the obvious reason would be the outrageous headline, which was Muslims are killing your children basically because they're doing the drugs in these areas. And they are, of course, you know, like certainly Manchester and Cheatham Hill and this, that, whatever. We know that we're running the drugs that were, were run previously by Jamaican Yardies and, and Moss Side kind of gangsters, whatever. And, Obviously, Muslims went in there and Cheetham Hill and their history and whatever. So, it is true that they were. But obviously, they're not doing it to kill uh, uh, you know, however much haram and whatever the crime is. Okay? And we know that the Muslims are, are way overrepresented as a minority in the criminal justice system. I think, what, this week the figures said what? I know they doubled, but what was the percentage? Are we, like, are we like something stupid, like like 12% or something of the prison population? 12%? we're top, say, only 2-3% of the country as a population. But in prison, we're like five times that. I, I can't remember the figures, but it, they're just shocking. Whatever the numbers are, they're ridiculous. So, you know, to, knowing that we've lost the plot of our youth is just a, a thing by the side. But anyway, the point was is that the headline itself wasn't the shocker. The fact that it was, um, or didn't make the news story. What made the news story is that the parents of that girl launched a liable against BMP for using the picture of their daughter in uh, uh, xenophobic kind of uh, anti-Islamic uh, campaigns. That's what made the news, because they went on, and I remember listening to the interviews, Palna, of that mother, it was very, very uh, maybe two or three years ago, I, I'm out of my years, but it wasn't like ten years ago, within the last five years, but I'm sure it was two years ago, and it was very, she spoke very passionately, and she spoke very, very intelligently as well, identifying the problem, identifying Yani, who else had been supplying, making it very clear this was not a religious thing, this was a criminal thing, and so on. So um, I have no idea why I'm talking about that for. Where did we get to that? From wiping over the socks, schools, and, uh, schools, schools, and whatever. I don't know, anyway. yes. But the point is, is that we need to be very, very careful uh, 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 concerning. Our, our children and making sure that we make this dean easy for them as much as possible because the, these, these school authorities are very, very careful about allowing anything religious, overtly religious. And so, yes, we will allow them to do the combining on an individual basis because we don't believe that combining the prayer should be done on a legitimate, legislated, mass basis. That's something unacceptable in the dean But as an individual concession for people who have some difficulty or have a need then we will give that all the time. That's why the Prophet ﷺ combined the prayer. Hadith uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas, Hadith Sahih Muslim. Uh, he said that I saw the Prophet ﷺ combining the prayer and there was there was no uh, war, we went at war and there was no rain, which are the two reasons for combining the prayer. And then the companion said to Abdullah ibn Abbas, so what did he mean by that? So, I mean, why did he combine the prayer then? He's at home, he wasn't traveling, he was in Medina. So, The normal reasons for combining the prayer are travel. Well, he wasn't. It's raining heavily. Well, it wasn't. That there was a war. Well, it wasn't. So then they said to Abdullah ibn Abbas, why did he do that? And he said because he wanted to lift the haraj from his ummah, to lift difficulty from his nation. Meaning is there in the bag. If we need it, then we'll go and use it right we live our life as per normal but if that case occurs you have that exam you have that operation you have that work one off scenario that interview that this that that whatever then it's there for you and we and will and we utilize it so giving concessions is something which is not selling out on the religion and we must understand that okay and we will cover that in this chapter as well uh, uh, ruksa uh, the, the singular, plural ruhas concessions. Okay, uh, is a mercy from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. It's like a charity, and we shouldn't be so kind of you know Jewish about it. You know, uh, and by, by Jewish I mean that they were a people who were hardcore upon themselves, and they made halal and haram, and they you know they they thought that you know we can be more religious as we said last week or whatever, more religious than the religion itself. Okay, and that's something which is not our uh, our approach. We are a nation which is, yani, yeah, uh, below the Jews in that craziness and above the Christians in their nonsense. Yani, yeah, meaning that their approach to the religion is everything is love and anything goes and you know kind of nonsense. And so we are in between these two, the middle nation. So um, it is important because this is a chapter of concession and it is one that we would allow people to use and uh, to our children and forget the children, adults. We enjoy it so much as well. So, <laughs> so. And, and if I was, you know, I have this, we have this discussion about the maximum, the, the, the most common questions I get asked, okay, and there are a few ones that always pop up, right, um, uh, and this is definitely one of them, can I wipe over this, can I wipe over that, and, and um, it, it is a, it is a confusing chapter at times, so let's look at that, um, so you've got the new notes, okay, I think what we'll do is I will read it in the style of the notes, meaning that we'll read it um, one line Arabic, one line English, and then we'll just go to the next page so if you have the notes and you have printed them out I and mean, if you haven't printed well guys here want to print them and they came late but uh, they're on the forum and they're on the portal right at the top just open new window at the portal and you can download the uh, the notes now and if you can print them then great but anyway we will, i will go over some really interesting grammatical points in the arabic language in just this chapter where i don't want to say there's mistakes but there have been printed mistakes and I spent some time looking at them and the reasons why these mistakes were there. And it's interesting, sheik al-Uthameen rahmatullah also mentions them as well. Um, so we'll just take a page by page. The mu'allif, Imam al-Hajjawa alayhi rahmatullah, he said, Babu Mas'il Khufaini the chapter of wiping Al Khufain over uh, footwear. Now I just want you to know that the Khuf, okay, um, no, we'll give the explanation afterwards inshallah, we'll give the explanation afterwards. But he says Yajuzu The chapter of wiping over the footwear wiping over footwear is permissible for a time period of twenty four hours seventy two hours for a traveller. Starting for this time period, starting from the moment, starts from the moment one becomes ritually impure after putting them on, after wearing it. On the condition though that it, meaning the footwear, is one, ritually pure, lawful, meaning it is something which is permissible, we'll talk about that. Number three, covering the area which is obligatory to wash in wudu has to completely cover that area. And number four, stays in place by itself it it stays up by itself it's 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 connected to the foot not by by your own action but it stays in place by itself he continues min khuffin wa jawrabin safiq wa nahwihima wa ala imamatayn li rajulin muhannakatn aw zat adhaba wa ala khumr nisain mudarah taht huluqihin fi hadath asghar This is all during ritual, minor ritual impurity. One can therefore wipe over, one, leather socks, thick socks, and anything similar to them. Two, a man's turban, which loops under the neck, or possessing tails. Is there a better word than tails? What is that thing that goes at the back? Tail. Tail. Is there not a technical name for that? You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah? The, the cloth which is at, at the back. And number three, female headscarves which wrap around the neck. Which wrap around the neck. We'll come to that, of course. The Page three. وَجَبِيرَتٍ لم, تت, لَمْ تَتَجَاوَزْ قَدْرَ الحاجة. وَلَوْ في أكبر. إلا حل, إلا حل إلا إلا, off one, إلا, uh, uh, you will find in some of your uh, uh, um, texts that it will say And it needs to be Okay? You will find in your texts somewhere I mean I've corrected it in this one, the one that I've given to you But those who are already using exi- existing texts You need to check for this mistake it's not إِلَىٰ It's ila haliha. Okay? إِلَىٰ إِذَا لَبِسَ ذَٰلِكَ بَعْدَ كَمَالِ الطَّهَارَةِ During major impurity one can also wipe over a splint or a bandage that covers the minimum area necessary meaning the minimum area of the wound only until it is no longer needed i.e. until it's healed All of the above wiping over the stuff in a minor uh, uh, ritual impurity, and wiping over the bandage in the major ritual impurity, all of that is upon the condition that they are all worn after the completion of your wudu, of your ritual purification, or your ghusl, after the purity has been completed. Again, we'll come to that. Page 4. وَمَنْ مَسَحَ fi سَفَرٍ akasa fi فَمَسْحَ مُقِيمٌ, and I just want to say that again. In your texts, you will find فَمَسْحُ مُقِيمٌ, and the correct is masha. okay? فَمَسْحَ مُقِيمٌ. وَإِنْ أَحْدَثَ ثُمَّ سَافَرْ قَبْلَ مَسْحِهِ فَمَسْحَ مُسَافِرٌ. If one wipes the 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 uh uh hoof, okay, the sock while they were traveling, and then becomes resident, back home basically, or wipes while they were resident, and then becomes a traveler, second scenario, or, third scenario, was unsure when or how he actually started, where he was, what he did, when, he just doesn't know what's going on, then he wipes his socks like a resident. He wipes like a resident. If one becomes ritually impure and then travels before he actually wipes, so he's at home and he then leaves and he hasn't broken his wudu. okay? If one becomes ritually impure and then travels before he wipes, so then he breaks his wudu, but he doesn't touch his, his uh, uh, socks, wiping, his wiping period will continue like that of a traveler. Like that of a traveller. That's because he didn't wipe. Page 5. وَلَا yamsahu وَلَا مَا مِنَ الْقَدَمِ أَوْ One is not to wipe over. One, hats. Two, a cloth which is wrapped around the foot. Three, something which will fall off the foot by itself. And four, that which allows part of the foot to be seen number 6 page 6 فَإِن لَبِسَ خُفًّا عَلَى خُفٍ قَبْلَ الْحَدَثِ فَالْحُكْمُ if one leather sock is worn on top of a second one before ritual impurity before you break your wudu the wiping rules apply according to the one on top Page seven. Wayamsa who ektheral imama, Walla Hirakadmil Huffi, Minasa Bihi, Ilasaki, Ilasaki, Duna Asfelihi, Wa Akibi, Wala Jamil Jabira. One must wipe over one the majority of a turban, number two, the top of the foot from the toes to the shin. Not underneath, not the sole, or not the sides, not the ankle. And number three, all of a splint, the entirety of a, bl- a bandage or a splint. And the final page After one becomes ritually impure, when you break your wuddle, if a part of what is obligatory to wash becomes visible, underneath your sock, okay, or the time period for wiping expires, one will need to renew his purification. So those are seven, uh, eight, quite heavy pages, actually, quite heavy pages, and very interesting because, uh, I mean, just as a teaser, pretty much we will be going against pretty much every single one of those uh, positions. This is the humbly madhab, okay, And you'll find that the reason why, as I said, this is such an interesting discussion and and chapter is because actually uh, there's so much evidence to counter all of these points. And so therefore we will be going against many of them and let's see how that happens. Anyway, let's start the chapter then, the wiping of al Khufain. And we we might ask why is it that we've come across this here? But that's because actually again, this is to do with wudu okay we've just done all the the obligatory aspects and the the sunnah aspects of wudu and we've just done all the washing and then the wiping and we've just finished the feet and we've just not only have we finished explaining that you are able to wash the feet but also using the quran Potentially wipe the feet as well. And so therefore if we're going to wipe the feet What is it then that uh, the rules concerning the wiping of the feet? Okay, well, it's the leather sock So once the fuqaha, they normally start talking about wiping of something then they're gonna say well You know now that we're talking about wiping of the of the footwear we also well talk about other things that are allowed to wipe in wudu' and then now that comes then the turban and then it comes then the The, uh, the issue of uh, women's uh, headscarves and then they're gonna then talk about the related issues, which is then of course the bandage, which is the only other thing which is required, a uh, bandage or a splint or some kind of covering because you have some kind of illness or wound, then that needs to be covered as well. So that's the connection. That's the reason why they're talking about it. Let's, um, let's now look at the uh, word Khuf. So, al Khufain, okay, is the mansub version of Al-Khufan. Okay? Or, uh, uh, Al-Khufan. And Al-Khufan al-kh- means the two Khufs. And the word Khuf is that which is, basically it's a leather sock. It is that which is worn over the foot made of a leather, okay? And it's in its definition, it is understood that it will not only cover the foot in its entirety, but above the ankle as well. That is understood in the definition of Khuf. So it's not just some, like you know when we say, you know, you know, you get these uh, those crazy socks that only cover like the top part of the foot. What, what are they called? Sport socks. They're not called sport socks. Ankle socks. Exactly. That's what they're called. Ankle, spots. ankle socks. Ankle socks. Yeah? Spocks. Ankle socks. So, uh, we have to w- add the word ankle to make it very clear in your mind, the picture of that little cup. Yeah? Now, why, I, what I want to say to you is that if you say socks by itself, it's not good enough for you to assume that socks means something which is definitely going to cover the ankle whereas the word khuf when you use it even though it means socks it is assumed it's covering the ankle and significantly meaning it's not just a, a, a like a, a just covering okay but actually it's going way above and that's because we have a different we have a number of different terms which we're going to come to in this chapter one which is al okay which is that which has been cut and that khuf which has been cut according to a number of scholars even that is considered to be above on or above the ankle Some people said, no, it's called maqdur because it's cut underneath the ankle. Actually, you'll find a number of the ulama that said even when it's cut, it is under or just above the ankle, which would give you an indication of just how covering of the ankle the khuf is. It really is meant to go right up your shank, basically, your shin. It really is a longish kind of sock, a solid one, leather. That is what is understood by the word khuf. It's understood uh, in its classical use back then that it was generally solid, it was something which covered the skin. You wouldn't be able to see the skin underneath it. Generally, you wouldn't expect water to seep through because it's leather. It was strong enough to normally walk on and so on and so forth. These are the cultural considerations which affect the fiqh rulings in this chapter, which are some of the reasons why the scholars differed over so many things. Anyway... Sheikh says that it is the hoof is definitely something which is made of leather. But in this chapter, we do then talk about other things which are connected to it, which can also be made of cotton and wool. Those which are thick enough and can be made of cotton and wool. And actually, Sheikh says, actually anything that you put on your foot, where you genuinely start to feel your foot become warm as a result. And he says the reason for that, and he goes... He goes, and you know, when you the word for uh, warm or when you warm something is called tuskheen, okay? When you, yeah, something which is sakhin is uh, something which is warm or hot. And this verb, sakhana, you sakhinu okay, means to warm something. So, generally, if you were to put on one of these, I don't know, these Gore Tex or one of those, I don't know, uh, fluffy kind of jobs, yeah, you know that. You are—it's gen, it's genuinely warming up your feet very quickly. We don't use it much here, but I mean, in the States and Canada and Northern Europe, you know, they're crazy for that kind of stuff because it's freezing. It gets really, really cold. Okay. So, a Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in a very interesting hadith: an nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Fascinating. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent a military unit out. Okay, and he told them, he told them you you're, you go ahead and you wipe over your asaib and tasahin asaib basically turbans okay head coverings turbans and tasahin is the plural of the, the tasheen, basically it is what he's saying is wipe over the things which keeping your foot warm which is basically socks and him using sallallahu alaihi wasallam a word which is so general allows us confidently to not restrict it just to something made out of leather do you understand what I'm saying? Just his own use, sallallahu alayhi wa of a word which shows this kind of general illa which is something which is protecting the foot, keeping the foot warm, etc. then at the same time still being something which is a product and wearable and complete, then that is what we're going to wipe over. And so therefore, this is an indication immediately from a hadith from a sunnah point of view that there is more to this chapter in terms of wiping than other than just being a leather sock. But this is of course a controversial point because this hadith has been narrated by Imam Ahmed, as you look at the footnotes, and by Imam Abu Dawood, okay? In the chapter, in the Book of Purification, chapter wiping over there, Imam hadith number 146. And this hadith is on the authority of Rashid ibn Sa'ad, on the authority of Thawban. And he said that, بَأَثَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ فَأَصَابَهُمُ فَلَمَّا قَدِمُوا عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ أَمَرَهُمْ أَنْ يَمْسَحُوا عَلَى Thawban he said That the message of Allah Sent a, a military unit out And they got a hit By the cold weather And so they asked The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam What shall we do And he said I want you to wipe over Basically I, I, I recognize that You taking off your socks Is going to be a problem Taking off your clothes Each time for wudu Is going to be a problem So you wipe over your turbans And we're talking Turbans And we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll talk about this later as well We're talking turbans Which aren't just straight On off jobbies Yeah Okay we're talking turbans Which are you know, like you, uh, I want you to imagine the Tuareg, you know, that kind of North African flex when you think about it, yeah? All over, all going this, that, whatever, covering the face, you know what I'm saying, yeah? That was, I just want you to imagine that. And so taking that off is not just a case of, it's a case of, you understand know what I'm saying? All right? And likewise, that which is keeping the feet warm as well. So he said, wipe over the asaib and tasakheen. Now, uh, this hadith, Imam Ahmed, what did he say about it? He said, La He said that it's not acceptable that Rashid narrates this hadith that he said that he heard from Thawban because Thawban yani died way before any possibility of meeting him. So he was a, someone who immediately criticised this hadith, even though he's the one who narrated it. Okay? He criticised this hadith and used to consider it weak because of that. But actually a number of the scholars, one of them Ibn Abdul Hadi and one of the most important scholars of hadith, Az-Zayla'i. as we mentioned before, is who? Anyone remember? az is a Jalaluddin. az he is the Hanafi Muhaddith, the author of Nasb al-Raya, Fi Hadith al-Hidayah. He is one of the major scholars, subhanahu wa ta'ala, one that even, of course, in our times, Sheikh uh, Nasruddin al-Albani used to also respect. Because, you know, he doesn't have too much any time for the people of Madahib, whatever, very ultra-critical, unfairly. So, I mean, we understand reasons why many of them, of the Fuqaha and Madahib using Hadith and not really caring about it, which is an unfair characterization. And it's almost like Allah sent or the Hanafi school prayed uh, anyway for someone of modern times to come. I mean, still hundreds of years ago, but uh, I remember Zayla he came and he wrote this book. And he just wrote this book completely, just basically saying, I'm going to look at this book, Hidayah, which is the famous Hidayah fiqh book that you all know. Okay? And uh, you know, all the positions that are there, I'm going to find a hadith to, to back up each Qawl, each statement. And then I'm going to do takhrij of all of these hadith, meaning I'm going to go and find all the sources. I'm going to show you that we're no any kids in the park here. We can play with the big boys. You know what I'm saying? It's an amazing book. It's an amazing book. Right? Because he's a bona fide muhadith. He's no joke. All right? Um, so anyway, this is his statement as well. He said, okay, commenting on Imam Ahmed's statement, he said, al He goes, to be honest, I've got something to say about this statement It's not entirely correct He said Basically he said To be honest if you look back historically Then you'll find that uh, the, the, the fact that they were alive at the same time Is more than uh, probable More than probable and actually, despite Imam Ahmed's criticism of him, he was considered to be trustworthy and a, a correct narrator by the king of the Muhaddithin, Ibn Ma'in, the teacher of Imam al-Bukhari, and Abu Hatim al-Razi, who's another, of course, a major Muhaddith scholar. And then there are a number of uh, uh, statements there, and the muhaqq of this book himself, he goes, I just want to add that Thawban and, Ar- uh, and, and Rashid, these two narrators, are both from Hims, okay, and they're both from the same town, same time, yani roughly. And this hadith was considered authentic by Imam al-Hakim. And Imam al dahabi also agreed. And Imam al dahabi in Seer al-A'lam al-Nubula, he said, Isnaduhu Qawi." That this has a strong chain. I'm happy with the chain. This is important because if we make this hadith authentic, it adds a very interesting opening dimension to the whole concept of wiping over something. Because if we accept this Tasakhine as a concept that anything which is keeping your foot warm and it's like a sock, then we're throwing the subject into the air now. We're allowing now for our interpretation and we're allowing for a discussion that takes it outside of just the uh, classic black leather sock with a zip and whatever whatnot, which frankly, no one except our brothers from over there, yeah, anywhere. you know what I'm saying? Because people who are employed, they can't get away wearing that kind of behavior, you know what I'm saying, yeah? I don't know, how many people working in uh, modern days are able to get away with that? I don't know. The, definitely the minority. Okay, so it's important. Anyway, so Sheikh says, um, now I have some really interesting points. He says, as for what's going to be the opening statement about the permissibility of wiping over the khuf, he says, the al jaizun bi sunnah that the wiping over the khuf is something which is permissible according to the consensus of Ahl-Sunnah. So the entire Sunni Muslims, by their consensus, it is something which is permissible. We didn't say recommended or obligatory, but something which is permissible, meaning it's lawful and it's part of the religion. And it therefore should be something that one shouldn't hold back from and so on. But we go further. And you'll have heard me discuss this before, but we go further. He says, "وَخَالَفَ فِي ذَلِكَ مَنَ الرافضة. Okay. Whenever you want to find, yani, some, some fools, yani, to come and cause some fitna, then the Rafidah Shia, ashariya, they will always come and provide, you know, some of the party entertainment. These are people who, of course, from Ahlul bid'ah and Ahlul kufr Yani, in terms of their statements, we don't make takfir upon them individually, but as a jama'ah, they are off the deen completely. And we know, that of course, they are opposing Ahl-Sunnah and the people of the Sunni Muslims and everything, and their practice and their aqidah and their politics and everything. Muhim and muhim is that they themselves, the Rafidah, they did not accept the wiping over the foot. And it is for that reason, the fact that they made such a point of it going against it, and the fact that Ahl-Sunnah are agreed upon its permissibility, all of the fuqaha, from all of their backgrounds, they all agree that it is permissible to wipe over the leather sock. That they therefore brought this issue of fiqh into their texts on aqidah. So they would literally say that to be a mu'min, to be to be a mu'min is to believe in Allah and the final day, and to believe in the messengers, and to believe in the angels, and to believe in the books, and to believe in wiping over the, the leather socks. Can you believe that? Okay, and that is that is uh, from uh, aqidah based Sunnah al jama'a. It is actually correct and rightly so. Because, and you're going to see now, because of how well established it is in our religion. Because of how strongly it has been established in our religion. He said, He said, <laughs> He goes, this became something which became very, very clearly well known about the Rafidah. When you say the word Rafidah, you know immediately they're the people who don't wipe over their socks. And Ahl-Sunnah, there are a people that are so famous yani, for the fact that, you know, we are people who wipe over the leather sock. It's actually a, a distinguishing feature. Um, and he goes, and Shaykh Uthameen, he says, This ruling concerning the wiping over the socks being permissible, it is established by the Kitab, the Sunnah, and Ijma, By the Book of Allah, by the Sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam, and by the consensus of all those that are considered for consensus. So that's either all the scholars, or either all the salaf, or either all the sahaba. Let's look at these statements in detail. Sheikh uthameen he says, Now, if you look at the text in your book, you'll see that Sheikh, of course, he, uh, he the the the, uh, the verse which has been put there says. Wamṣahu uh, bi wa which is the recitation that we all recite, ya yeah, hafs, okay, normal recitation. But was we covered a couple of weeks ago that in the other qiraat, okay, we know that it is to be recited arjulikum uh, with the kasra, and when that is recited with the kasra, then it means to wipe over. And so that is from the Quran. Now I, I don't know. We didn't discuss it. We did discuss it, but I do, I do want to say to you interesting uh uh point um do, can any of you think of a reason why um would not refer to wiping over the hoofs, like so many scholars did say we, we discussed we said so many of the mufassirin said that this is one of the, I mean, the, the, the beautiful mysteries of this ayah, secrets of the ayah, that it's been recited both ways to show wash and wiping to represent real life, that we can wash and wipe our feet. Okay, and that's like the mass majority, actually, they said that. But there's a very significant, you see, it's only one voice. The problem is is that when that voice is al Islam ibn Taymiyyah, then we kind of get a bit worried, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he wasn't very happy with this interpretation. Anybody, anyone can see why, why anyone put forward why? Anyone online? Anyone got any ideas? The answer is in the ayah, by the way.
1: Because uh, when we say the, the name is Kisra, it uh-huh. Is uh,
0: Mas- Arjulikum, and means
1: Mas'h. I think it's uh,
0: That's the opposite. Uh, uh, sorry, Mas- uh, uh, exactly. Mas'h is for the head, mm-hmm. and therefore, it is now, if it's Arjulikum, then it has to be connected to the head. And what do we do to the head? The we wipe it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So that's what the majority are saying. Yeah. Ibn Taymiyyah yeah. said, okay? Uh, and then, therefore, the ulama said that uh, we, 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 we don't wipe our feet, yeah. we wash our feet. So the wiping must refer to yeah. a mas'h on the yeah. Ibn Taymiyyah said no. But why? The answer is in the ayah, the answer is in the two words after it. Think about it, laterally. I find it very interesting. No? So, so-, 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 nope. so what? <coughs> so, say again? <coughs> Correct. Rizallah <coughs> khair, <coughs> got it right. Ibn Taymiyyah said, if this was referring to the wiping of the leather socks, the khuf, Whoever said that when you wipe over the leather socks, you wipe to the ankles anyway? You don't. You don't even go near the ankles, in fact. Actually, when you wipe the top, or when you wipe the hoof, you wipe the top of your foot, and that top of the foot, as you're going to see, comes later, is actually to the shin. It doesn't go to the ankles it's not to the ankles. There was a response of course, others they said that no, it goes up to the ankles in line with it goes in line the ankles up onto the shin, it doesn't mean touching the ankles themselves, etc, 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 but I just wanted to just say that there is a response to this, uh, this uh, evidence that Sheikh Tameen mentioned. It's not important though, the reason it's not important is that even if we were to not able to use this ayah as an evidence, the second law of evidence is going to blow your mind okay, so it doesn't really matter because as Shaykh al he says, وَأَمَّا <السُنَّة> As for from the sunnah of the Nabi then قَدْ بِذَلَكَ النبي عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ He goes, this issue, this practice of the Prophet wiping over his socks, okay, his leather socks, is something which has been established by absolute consensus, by, sorry, by Tawatur Hadith, meaning, there are so many narrations concerning this that it's impossible for it to be a lie. Impossible for it to be a lie. If I give you some of the statistics, you're going to be amazed. Okay. Um, first of all, first of all, I love this man. This is quality. I don't know. I, I I was like I was like a child in a playground. Don't know which one to choose, which one to leave. Okay. Um. There is a poem. The author of the poem is Imam Sheikh al Islam Imam Al Dawoodi, his name is. He's known as Ibn Ja'far. Al Dawoodi. He passed away in the year uh, four hundred and two Hijra. Okay. He was from the Muhaddithin. He was from Tarablus, meaning yani, from the North African peninsula. Okay. And he was a fuq- he was a faqih. From the Fuqaha of the Malikiya. He was a major scholar, okay? And he wrote this famous poem, and he goes and in the, and the Arabic Arabic Shaykh quotes it here, he says, Mimma you know, and they would they would write poems about different issues of Deen, aqeedah, Fiqh, and so on. And the two lines from this Mimatawat rahithum Waman wa Bana Lillahi wa لل- wa لل- Baytan, Wahtasab, Wa shafa'atun Wa Masu Okay, translated, which is not very good translating this, it's very difficult. He goes, but basically, and from those matters in which the hadith are tawatur, mutawatur, yani, uh, we did tawatur, right? Everyone happy with that? We? In the hadith lesson, we talked about tawatur, meaning that it's impossible for the hadith to be weak or a lie or something which has been uh, fabricated. It is absolutely well-established it is it is tawatur is one of the conditions of the quran, of every ayah of quran it's narrated by so many different angles and so many different riwayat that is established so he goes from those hadith which have reached tawatur are the hadith of man the one who lies and the one who builds for allah a house and expects the reward wahtasab and the seeing wa ru'yatun and the shafaatun, the intercession, and the reservoir or the pool, wa mashu This is our, point, our part. And the wiping over the leather socks, wa hadi And this is hadi is an interesting Arabic word. It is a short for hadihi, Okay, hadi And this is just some of them. What are these hadiths, by the way? Um, Man Who knows this one? Good. Exactly whoever lies upon me intentionally, then let him take his seat in the hellfire. This is a hadith which is narrated by Tawatur, meaning more than yani, possible of the companions, 20, 30 companions and so on and so forth. Okay? This is the first one he's referring to in his poem. وَمَنْ The one who builds a house for the sake of Allah, meaning a mosque, okay, and expects the reward. There are so many ahadith about this. Exactly, Allah will then build a house for him in paradise. The one who builds a house, even if it is this, the, the place of the hut of a kitten, Allah will then build him a place in paradise. This is very interesting, this place. Qittah. It's a very small place of even a cat, meaning it's about intention. That one's giving up for the sake of Allah. Another narration, whoever builds a place for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fee, That his name is mentioned therein, Allah will then build for him a house in paradise. And here is interesting, again from a hadith point of view that you know, that there are two types of hadith mutawatir. Hadith which is mutawatir, لفذي, and hadith which is mutawatir, ma'ana, bil ma'na. Okay, meaning that that hadith which is absolutely narrated in exact wording each time, like a hundred times, with the, each letter being exactly the same. And then we have a different type, like the one I just mentioned. So that would be the first one, for example. Okay, let him take his seat in hellfire. This is word for word narrated so many times. But this second one is an example of the second type of tawatur. Meaning a tawatur where the hadith changes in its wording and its different types, but the principle is the same. Whoever builds a mosque for the sake of Allah, Allah will build for him a house in paradise. The rest of the details are irrelevant. It, it, it says this size, that size, mention Allah's name in there, this, that, whatever, is irrelevant. Meaning the point is, the principle is building a house and expecting the reward. That is the second type of tawatur. If you were to add up all of these different variations on the principle hadith, it reaches a number which is impossible to reproduce in a light. Waru'yatun. What's that? <inaudible> yeah, this is referring to the seeing of Allah as one of the pleasures of paradise for the believers. This is something... Which has been narrated by Tawatur, okay? Which has been narrated by Tawatur. Shafa'a, the intercession of, of the Prophet sallallahu We believe in the intercession of the Prophet sallallahu and that's something which is huge, of course. And the Hawd, what's the Hawd, folks? When he says "well, what is he referring to? He's referring to the pool or the Hawd of a Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know, a Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In the Akhirah, he has two types of water, special water, in the Akhirah in Jannah. He has Al- Al-Kawthar and Al-Haw. Al-Kawthar is a river. It's a flowing river which is available as one of the delights of paradise. And its water has been described, and it's, it's, its aroma, and its filling, and it's... يعني, its description, as, as the Prophet ﷺ said, even though words of sweet and milk and this and that have been used, ultimately its taste and its texture and its beauty is that which the heart can't imagine, the eyes have not seen, the mouth is not tasted, it's just not possible to describe. But it's beauty. The same type of water is also found in the second type of water. Of water and that is the hold the pool of the prophet this is not a river even though it's they said and there's some difference amongst the scholars that this is the water that has been given to the uh hold or the hold is filled from there this is a pool there are so many Ahadith about the Hawd in, in the uh, Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in Sahih al-Bukhari, in Muslim, in the Sunnah, everything. So many different things about where it is, what will happen there, its size, etc., etc., etc. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said the Hawd is a month, meaning a month's journey is its width. Okay? Uh, that's in Sahih bukhari by the way, alright? Um, the Ahadith that you all know, everyone knows, is that the Hadith of bidah. Yes, everyone knows Hadith of bid'ah, right? If you, if you do get involved in your Bid'a and doing all kind of bid'ahs and whatever, whatnot, if there's no other reason to leave your Bid'a, this is one reason. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, in Sahil Bukhari, narrated authentically in a number of versions and narrations, that when the people will pass the test of judgment and they are now proceeding over Qantara to get to the final stage, they will stop. By the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's pool. They will come and the Prophet وسلم, will be there because again in Sayyid bukhari said I am going to be Al-Asbaq. ال- ال- I am going to be the first person to proceed every single person to the pool. And Wallahi Sallallahu Alaihi said that the believers will be the next group of people who will be the first ones that will get there and the ability to have to drink from that pool. Small amount. If they drink they will never get th- thirsty ever again. And from these group of the believers, subhanAllah, you know who are the first group of the of the people? Do you know who the first group of the believers are that will drink from the hold of Annabi? Just think of what we've been covering for the last couple of weeks. Al Ghurran Muhajjaleen. And Nabi sallallahu wa sallam, he said that those people whose their uh, their signs of their wudu can be seen going above and above, beyond their obligatory aspects, and they, they are shining because they went further. Then the elbow they went higher And they, with the feet they went higher The people who pay, paid a lot of concern There was always a very living Alive experience These will be the first group of the believers that will be there Drinking, they'll be the first to be recognized And they'll be invited to Drink, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To make us from them I mean And uh, subhanallah And Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, He's very generous, a very a beautiful man He's sending all the people to come and drink Because what have they just gone through They've just gone through the biggest trial ever. The sun has been brought to the uh, believers, yani the distance of it being away a spear. It's burnt everyone, made everyone sweat so much, Okay, according to their sins. You all know people, some will be in their ankles, some will be, uh, drowning uh, in uh, the water. The, the sweat will come to their knees and some to their hips, and some will be literally keeping their heads up afloat like this, literally. And it's gone through the stress of judgment, and now the only thing which is left now is to cross Kantara, to cross the bridge. And this bridge, of course, all right, you're either going to fall off, as, as the Prophet ﷺ said, that the, the disbelievers and the uh, mujrimine, the fusaq, will be pulled off and ripped off, and it will be very, very thin, and won't be able to be walked upon. Whereas for the believers, and the different ranks of the believers, then this bridge will be like the widest thing possible. People will be walking across, skipping across. Other people will just fly across, and so on. So I'm saying that, you uh, this there's still something left but in this in between period whilst you're so thirsty you're going to want to drink and nabi Sallallahu is going to invite all these people and the angels that will be there at the hold, they will say ya rasulullah not these people not these people not these people and rasulullah will say why what happened what, what, what? They're, they're from my ummah, and nabi Sallallahu sallam, and the angels will say they are not from your ummah. after you went meaning after you passed away they started to do things that you yourself had not legislated. So they're open Muslims, open Muslims, like amongst us, looking like us, but doing actions which are not legislated in a religion, bid'a basically. And Nabi said, suhdan, suhdan, away with them, away with them, away with them. <coughs> We're just going to wait for the adhan of, of Salatul Isha. Have a look at your uh, notes whilst we wait.
2: Allah for Allah, Allah Allah
0: Okay, so I want to um, finish off with a few very, very important statements, okay, um, which is important for you to write down. The first of them, why is it that we made this an issue of aqeedah when it is patently an issue of fiqh? It's an issue of fiqh, okay? Wiping over socks is not something... What about me? Like no problem. that one? Yeah? yeah? See that? Yeah? Um, the. I want you to know that the reason it's been made into an issue of aqidah is because it has been established by tawatur. Meaning the same principle which elevates mm. an ayah to the, that of a Qur'an, okay, ayah of Qur'an, the evidence which establishes it, then this is from the matters which has been established by the sunnah ta'waturan. So many ahadith, so many companions, let me tell you. For example, Imam Ahmed he said that on the al khufayn, 40 hadith from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ just on the wiping of the socks, uh, the leather socks. And also Hafid ibn Abdul Bar and Al haslan al Basri, he said, uh, haslan, uh, 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 Hafid ibn, ibn Abdul Bar said exactly the same. Uh, he said 40. There has also been narrated 70. Also has been narrated 60. Also the 10, Al Ashrat al Mubashara. The 10 that have been promised paradise, all of them have narrated this hadith about the wiping on the leather socks. Al-Hasn al-Basri, radiallahu ta'ala, he said, 70 companions of the Prophet told me personally. 70 companions of the Prophet told me personally that you wipe over the uh, leather socks. So this is an issue now which has been established like the Quran. Therefore, the one who rejects it, the one who rejects the permissibility, knowing that it has been established by Tawatur, that's a condition. He has to know that it's been established by Tawatur. The one who rejects the permissibility of wiping over the leather socks has now led into, fallen into kufr. And the one who rejects it openly becomes a kafir. Because he's rejecting something which is Tawaturan. And that is a statement of Sheikh Uthameen, statement of Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti, and statement of any island, actually, when you think about it. If you believe on the basis of evidence that Tawatur, which it is, of course, a clear source, then it's exactly the same as me giving you a hadith from Sahil Bukhari and say, the Prophet ﷺ said this, and you say, I don't care if you said that, I don't believe it. We, we, we know this person, he loses his religion over statements like that when he knows it's been established from the Prophet. Whereas, if he says, I don't think this is from the Prophet, I've got doubt in its source, that's a whole different discussion. That's a different discussion. That's not something of kufar. And that's a big difference to recognize. And so, Imam Ahmed, another statement which he said about this, he said, <laughs> He goes, There is nothing in my heart that would ever stop me thinking that this is something established by the Prophet, wiping over the socks. <laughs> Because 40 companions of the Prophet have done that. And that's why there is an ijma'ah, there is a consensus of Ahl Sunnah of the wiping on the socks. And this is as the ulama, they used to mention this, this is as similar to uh, another very important point of, 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 of consensus is the raising of the hands at the beginning of Tadbiratul Ihram. You know, the scholars differed over, you know, doing Rafa'idain, you know, when you go for Ruqwa and coming up, okay, the scholars differed over that. But none of the ulama, okay, considered it, and yani it is an ijma to the level of very high level of 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 tawatur, that the raising of the hands at the beginning, takbir to the Allah Allahu Akbar, and wiping over the leather socks, they share that same tawatur And I end with one final statement because there was, and correctly so, at the very early beginning generations of the companions, a few companions who didn't consider this to be something from the Prophet. Sallallahu wa and so some of them said that this was therefore uh, not an ijma', And their ulama have very easily explained why this happened. That this happened because they themselves never witnessed it and as Abdullah ibn mubarakani this is a statement of huge knowledge what he said. He said, he goes, there is, he goes regardless of what you heard of individual opinions from some minority companions that you are not allowed to wipe over the socks, actually there is no difference amongst the companions whatsoever. Because for every companion, for every single companion that there is an authentic narration that he did not wipe over his socks, there is a narration for that person that he did wipe over his socks. And so he goes and he completes this chapter for us. He basically says that therefore, this ijma'a, this consensus, is a very real one, not just this theoretical one of the scholars or the ummah. This is a consensus of the companions, it's a consensus of the muhaddithin, and it's a consensus of Ahlul Sunnah, that it is permissible to wipe over the leather sock um, during your making of wudu, as long as you put that on with the conditions that we're going to cover over the next few weeks, Inshallah. Jazakumullahu subhanallah We can't do any questions, I'm afraid, because uh, salah starts right away. Next week, inshallah. Uh, listen, very importantly, next week, for everyone here, it's straight after Maghrib, okay? We waited a little bit extra this time, um, but basically it's 20 minutes straight after sunset that the lesson will start, okay? And here, it will go right up to Isha. As for those who are watching at home, everyone's watching at home, you will receive the calendar today, so basically, uh, the times will decrease, will increase, sorry, increase by about 20 minutes each week. Look at the times, okay? That's going to happen every week. Khair. Make sure you follow it. I think it's about 8 o'clock next week. Yes. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start now again, Sheikh uh, Abd Al You can see him leading Salat Al Isha. Asalamualaikum.
2: Allahumma laha fi Allahumma laha fi
3: Whoa.
1: يا الله لمن
3: الله اكبر بسم
1: الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله Oh. Somehow, الله لمن
3: somehow, الله أكبر.
1: سمع الله لمن حمده
3: Oh